Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Virginia House of Delegates v. Bethune Hill. Appeal from the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. After the 2010 census, Virginia redrew legislative districts for the state Senate and House of Delegates. Voters in 12 impacted House districts sued two state agencies and four election officials, collectively state defendants charging that the redrawn districts were racially gerrymandered in violation of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. The House of Delegates and its Speaker, collectively the House, intervened as defendants, participating in the bench trial on the appeal to this court and at the second bench trial where a three-judge district court held that 11 of the districts were unconstitutionally drawn. That enjoined Virginia from conducting elections for those districts before adoption of a new plan, and gave the General Assembly several months to adopt that plan. Virginia's Attorney General announced that the state would not pursue an appeal to this court. The House, however, did file an appeal. The Supreme Court held that the appeal was denied or dismissed. Um, held. The House lacks standing either to represent the state's interests or its own right. To cross the standing threshold, a litigant must show, one, a concrete and particularized injury that, two, is fairly traceable to the challenge conduct, and three, is likely to be redressed by favor a favorable decision. That's Hollingsworth versus Perry. Standing must be met at every stage of the litigation, including on appeal. That's Arizonans for official English versus Arizona. And, as a jurisdictional requirement, standing cannot be waived or forfeited. To appeal a decision that the primary party does not challenge, an intervener must independently demonstrate standing. That's uh, Whitman versus uh, Person Habala, I think, is how you pronounce that. Uh, the House lacks standing to represent the state's interest. The state itself had standing to pr press this appeal. See Diamond versus Charles. And could have designated agents to do so. That's Hollingsworth. However, the state did not designate the House to represent its interests here. Under Virginia law, authority and responsibility for representing the state's interests in civil litigation rests exclusively with the state's attorney general. Virginia state courts permitted the House to intervene to defend legislation in Vesiland versus Virginia State Board of Elections, but the House's participation in Vesiland occurred in the same defensive posture as did the House's participation in earlier phases of this case, when the House did not need to establish standing. Moreover, the House pointed to nothing in the Vesiland litigation suggesting that the Virginia courts understood the House to be representing the interests of the state itself. That's uh, Karcher versus May. Throughout this litigation, the House has purported to represent only its own interests. The House thus lacks authority to displace Virginia's Attorney General as the state's representative. The House also lacks standing to pursue this appeal in its own right. The court has never held that a judicial decision invalidating a state law as unconstitutional inflicts a discreet 
cognizable injury on each organ of the government that participated in the law's passage. Virginia's constitution allocates redistricting authority to the General Assembly, of which the House constitutes only a part. That fact distinguishes this case from Arizona versus state Arizona State Legislature versus Arizona Independent Redistricting Commission, where Arizona's House and Senate acting together had standing to challenge the constitutionality of a referendum that gave redistricting authority exclusively to an independent commission. The Arizona referendum was also assailed on the ground that it permanently deprived the legislative plaintiffs of their role in the redistricting process. While the order challenged here does not alter the General Assembly's dominant initiating and ongoing redistricting role. Um, Coleman versus Miller. Also does not aid the House. Oh, sorry. Coleman versus Miller, um, which is US 433, also does not aid the House here, where the issue is the constitutionality of a coincidentally enacted redistricting plan, not the results of a legislative chamber's poll or the validity of any counted or uncounted vote. Redrawing district lines, indeed, may affect the chamber's membership, but the House, as an institution, has no cognizable interest in the identity of its members. The House has no prerogative to select its own members. It is a representative body composed of members chosen by the people. Changes in its membership, brought about by the voting public, thus inflict no cognizable injury on the House. That's uh, 67th Minnesota State Senate versus Beans. Nor does a court order causing or legislators to seek re-election in districts different from those they currently represent affect the House's representational nature. Legislative districts change frequently, and the Virginia Constitution guards against representational confusion by providing that delegates continue to represent the districts that elected them, even if their re-election campaigns will be waged in different districts. In short, the state of Virginia would rather stop than fight on. The House of its bicameral legislature cannot alone continue the litigation against the will of its partners in the legislative process. Again, the appeal is dismissed. Justice Ginsburg delivered the opinion of the court in which Justices Thomas, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Gorsuch joined. Justice Alito filed a dissenting opinion in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Breyer and Kavanaugh joined. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of us, we can be reached at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com, that's R-O-A-D-S and 8-0, or on Twitter at Court Syllabus.